Hello, Wild Souls, and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack, and as always, it is such a joy and an honor and a delight to be gathering with all of you in this virtual space. I am wishing everybody listening to this a very happy new moon. Um, I'm also like sending energetic care packages. <laughs> to everybody, this has been such an intense week energetically. And I mean, let's face it, the world is on fire right now. And in some ways, uh, that's great because there are a lot of systems that really need to come down that have been broken for a long time. And it's also horrible because so many people are suffering and it is such a challenging time to be in a body on this planet. Um, and the power of a new moon in such a time like this is really just um, quite a profound thing to meditate on, to think about, you know, what does it feel like to plant seeds of intentional growth of new life in this new cycle um, that are not just in our highest and best, but are also in the highest and best of the planet and all living things. Um, it's so powerful to consider the energy of Libra during this really important time, which of course is justice. And um, because the justice card is ruled by the astrological sign of Libra and also the Empress, because the Empress is ruled by Venus, which is Libra's ruling planet. So we're dealing right now in this particular cycle with the themes of receptivity and um I mean, gosh, justice is just embedded in everything we're doing right now. We're opening our eyes um, in really impactful, ideally very profound, very powerful ways to really acknowledge what's not working, what's not in alignment, and what really is the full scope, a 360-degree view, both of what we like, what we don't like, what we need, what we don't need. Um, what we desire, what we desire less of, to really see everything, not for what we wish it would be or could be, or um, to not be in the story that we should be somewhere different than we are, but how do we really see the reality of what's happening right now in our lives, both intimately and individually and collectively and planetarily? Um because ultimately what justice teaches us, and we've spoken about this so many times, is when we are really available and courageous enough to see what is happening, are we then available to make true change? Are we then available to really step forward in a way that is just, is really rooted in divine, equitable, impactful justice, transformation, change, um, and it's work we do every day. There's no kind of end point to justice work. Um, and the Empress is such a profound help in the midst of all that intense work. Where, where do we receive pleasure? Where do we, where do we fill our cup up? Like right now is not really the time. Like I feel like it's hard to come by full cups these days. Um, you know, in general, we can be incredibly aware and very grateful for the blessings we do have. Um, that is ideally what we're tethered to every day. But again, times are really intense. They're really big. 
in multiple ways, many ways, um, and hard and scary and energetically the invitations into despair, exhaustion, sleeplessness have like never been higher. Um, how do we connect with Empress Medicine in the midst of that, that says in spite of life being what it is and whatever moment it arises in, how can we be open and available to expand our capacity of receiving, of support, of care, of abundance, of expansion, not out in like a um, an inaccessible way or a way that doesn't feel um, reachable to us. And we don't need to feel good to do it. It's just a question of like, you know, can I really just be the most compassionate, um, you know, taking a deep breath. If we've been holding our breath for a long time, that's huge receiving, allowing ourselves to be held by the chair we're sitting on or by the bed we're laying on, or, you know, that's huge receiving and you're doing a great job. And it's just like the need to, um, it's really an evolve or die time. So, um, how can we hold all that we are in the spectrum of where we are while opening our eyes and being aware of how we can meet, um, the call of these intense times with greater, um, receptivity to what fills our cup up. So certainly not simple, but definitely something I am inviting, I'm being invited to meditate on in my personal life. And I'm really considering, um, really in all facets of the collective right now, as well as my own path as an individual and very strong time to plant seeds in that direction. I mean, to be able to plant seeds in the direction of, may I always find a tether to some kind of pleasure, joy, um, refill in the midst of what this time is asking me, not so that everything is always overflowing and balanced. It's fairly unrealistic to imagine that that would be, but it's a pretty profound thing to set down an intention for. So here we are in part two of our three-part journey through the medicine of reversals and the way that I teach them, um, which is to view them as medicine and as kind of an alternative um, energetic resource to the actual right side up energy of the card. Um, I love doing this series. It's great. Today, we're going to focus on when reversals are an invitation to come back home, uh, so to speak, to come into presence, um, are a response to a call within us that's asking us to come a little closer to a part of us that might need or desire a little bit more support and caretaking and tending. Um, I will say before I kind of launch into this, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. There is no transcription for this today. There will be one, hopefully very soon. Um, even by the time you're listening to this, even on Friday, there might already be one, <laughs> but as of the recording of this, I'm doing it on like Thursday afternoon. So the likelihood, uh, I should say is like, it is likely that there is no transcription for this right now, but there should be one up within um, 24 to 48 hours of this going up. And 
Um, thank you for your patience. It has been a wild week of course creation, live call for the course, filming um, a video uh, a virtual workshop for the Modern Witches Confluence, which um, I'm teaching a workshop on spiralic intuition. If you're interested in that, that's happening in a couple weeks. So um, actually, I think just two weeks. Yeah. Um, that uh, it, I, the workload has been insane. So I'm sorry, I didn't get the chance to record this a little further out, but I promise you, you'll have a transcript as soon as possible. And thank you as always for your patience and flexibility with me. It is appreciated more than I could ever say. Um, so this idea of, this idea about reversals being an invitation to come back home, to, to draw further into presence. I believe that's what most of them are rooted in. Sometimes, of course, they can alert us to the presence of resistance. And really, all of the reversals in the tarot are, are largely centered around this idea because even in resistance, even like what we talked about last week, like reflecting on when a reversal indicates some resistance, even then that's the work we're still doing. We're still coming home. We're still getting curious. We're still drawing ourselves into presence. Um, and this is how the tarot is always, it, it is inherently always bringing medicine, always benevolent, always for our good, always, 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 especially reversals. And in fact, I think, you know, the general view on reversals is really quite the opposite of what I'm talking about, that they're often looked at as kind of these indicators that tell us like, oh no, watch out. Um, when I think that there are particular energies that can offer us a heads up, but I don't necessarily know if as a rule reversals always do that. Sometimes they can do that, but not quite in the same emergent energy that the mind can often uh, project uh, as being important. And, you know, if it's important, we'll know with like a flashing light and, and some, some major energetic um, blasting, you know, um, Whereas that, that can sometimes happen with, with guides, but it's different again than when it happens with the ego and the mind. Um, really, the, the, the beating heart, I think, of the tarot in general, and especially reversals, is that typically when we get a card reversed, there is some part of us that is a little scared of the energy that's coming up. It doesn't mean that they're scared of the card. It may be that there's a fear around some aspect of the energy embedded in the card or situation in our lives. And when we're willing to look at that with a lot of care, a lot of um, compassion, just a sweet, tender ear to ourselves, it can really provide us A, with so much more information about how really everything we're looking for in any given moment lives within us. 
two, it can help us to really show up as compassionate inner caretakers for ourselves. I think a practice of which is so important and rooted in personal responsibility, self-tending, being autonomous, um, really feeling into the into the strength of our own root system, which is something we do over time with practice. And thirdly, it really gives us a context for the idea that all of these cards are bringing something benevolent. If you get the full reversed, we're going to talk about that. The standard definition of full reversed is this is a warning sign. Don't take this leap. And I mean, who am I to say that you're wrong? Who am I to say that that's wrong? Um, I don't want to be that person. It's not wrong. It's just not necessarily true, which I think is a really important distinction to make. There's nothing wrong with saying that technically, except for the fact that you could be inviting a client into hypervigilance and fear in a moment when it's not reflective of anything in their experience. Um, you could be allowing their ego or your own to get in the driver's seat. So when we take a leap in the fool, we're essentially leaving behind the ground that the mind tells us. Um, it's essentially an illusion, right? That we're, we're on something solid and as though things don't happen constantly in this life of totally spiralic change. Um, we can really tell ourselves like, I'm safe, I'm secure. And I don't want to say we're not safe or not secure, but this time has really taught us like the illusion of um, security as it pertains to um, you do everything right, everything right should happen is not true. Sometimes really, really bad and hard things happen to good people. The truth is we never know what's going to happen in life. There's no guarantees ever. Um, we can establish a deep inner resource within ourself. The fool invites us to create, to leap away from the grounding from the root systems that don't ultimately serve us, that don't actually match, that are were formed on a sense of, of um, egoic safety. Remember, the mind really wants us in stuff that's familiar, that's safe, that's secure. And I'm all about safety and security, like make it a priority. Um, but when we, when we ignore the soul because we say, well, I can't do that, you know, because of X, Y, Z, it's always really wise to check in about that. Sometimes that's true that this isn't the right moment to do it. Um, sometimes it's a question of waiting a couple hours. Sometimes it's like, I just am a no to this period and that's our own business and our own choice. Um, but the leap that we take in the fool is about committing ourselves to saying yes to our souls. It's about committing ourselves to saying, I'm willing to leave behind the belief systems that my ego is the best and most reliable narrator for my life, that I do things because they give me a sense of false security. They give me a sense of like, how, you know, whatever it is. And when we take that leap, we're essentially committing ourselves to a life in the void, which life is. All we have is this moment. 
the best we can do is the best we can do. We're always evolving, always changing, always moving further and further out into the spiral. And the fool just helps us to move away slowly but surely to ever kind of getting too comfortable so that the mind, um, again, winds up kind of stepping into the driver's seat. It's very powerful when we step into the fool because we're taking a leap into soul evolution and growth and we're choosing ourselves. But when we get the fool reversed, that doesn't mean don't jump, it's dangerous. What it does mean is that our egoic story, the story of the mind, might be rooted in that. We may have a fear that we can't go into that realm. We can't choose our soul. We can't um, connect to this part of ourselves. We can't take this sleep. What if this happens? What if I lose this? What if I lose this relationship? It may be that our little kids, our inner kids who, who come forward and have a lot to say, whether we're listening to them or not, are really fucking scared. And by the way, the fool is never relegated to anything external. It doesn't ever mean that you have to like quit your job or take a leap into this or that. Like literally, sometimes it can. Um, it's more of a choice. It's more of a willingness to say, in this moment, I choose truth. I choose me. I I know that um, I'm expanding in some way. The fool's letting me know that if, it, if I've gotten too comfortable, if something new wants to be born forth in me, I'm willing to take that leap. I'm willing to commit to that. And again, the brain wants what's comfortable, what's safe, what's familiar. It's not about that shit. <laughs> like it, it does not like it. So why is the fool reversed a nice place to start? Because that is, unfortunately, that, that treatment of the full reversed as being a card that indicates like, oh no, this is a huge stop sign. Um, it's essentially amplifying the voice of the fear-based mind and saying, oh, that's right. That's right. When that's not true necessarily. Um, and we're wise to check in about it. What is typically true is that we want to jump. Some part of us wants to jump. We want to take that leap, but we're scared. It might be that the people around us who have not ever taken their full leaps, their full jumps, are like, good luck. You know, welcome, welcome to my life. Like, you know, it's happened to me so many times. Um, if people have not gone through their full experience, they can very easily project onto us. Very easily. The full reversed is an invitation not to delay our jump or to turn our back on the jump or say, oh no, I jumped and that was the wrong thing to do, like jump, quote unquote. It's an invitation to draw into ourselves very deeply, to tuck into the heart, to kind of almost like um, pick up the heart like a baby bird in our hands and talk to ourselves and say, sweetheart, Love, what do you feel scared of? Where's the fear? What's the story? And it might be, I'm so afraid I'll lose everything. And then you can say, okay, 
I see that. I know. It's super scary. We we could lose everything anyway. We will because we're eventually going to die. Perfect. I'm holding you in that. It could be a part of you might feel um, like you're going to, uh, um, you know, a lot of what ifs can come up. What if this? What if that? Can you be so tender in the face of those? It's essentially sitting down with yourself on the edge of that proverbial cliff and having a chat and really giving yourself some sweet space and time to just be like, yeah, this is what's coming up for me. Like, this is the contraction that's coming up around this particular leap into the void and into the unknown. I mean, I am doing so much work on this right now in one area of my life where um, you know, my teacher, Michelle illuminated this to me so beautifully the other day because my brain was just coming in with so many fears, so many horrible scenarios about this or that. And she so wisely illuminated to me. She said, you know, I don't know that you're afraid of all these things or that there is necessarily fear. There's just a, a lot of unknowns. And the brain is responding to those out of fear because it doesn't like what it doesn't know. And so it can tend to make, you know, the mind can make kind of a little bit of a, of a, they can feel a little threatened by that, or it can feel like a huge threat. In fact, really the more expansive the leap, um, the more threatening the mind tends to view it as. So um, it's almost like we're working backward here. We can tend to feel like, well, if something's really right, we're going to feel that sense of yes and rush. And that's truly not often the way that um, these experiences can be. Very often the experience that we can have of big, expansive fool leaps is that we are very scared. And when the fool comes up reversed, it's just, it's literally like getting waved down by a guide and just coming into some conference with the guide and the guide being like, hey, like this is a yes to leap, but there is a part of you that's feeling really scared and is really not sure about this. Can you locate where this lives in you? Can you locate the brain story, the egoic story, the the, the contraction? Can you locate um, maybe something that doesn't even feel related to you? Like what's coming up around this thing that's actually about that. And then just literally you turn and, you know, oh, thank you so much. And then you turn in conference with yourself and just say, hey, hey, love, like I'm right here. Let's talk. That's how we work with the full reverse, because when we do that, energetically speaking, we may not see proof of this in our readings, but the reversal writes itself in that moment. And that's also another thing I haven't really spoken about, but that does happen. I've given readings before for people where they'll get a card reverse maybe in, in, um, maybe like the first or second position of the reading. And by the time we're at the end, the reversals already righted itself because whatever was discussed, the person has already integrated. They've already allowed the medicine that's come through, through their guides, through my reading, whatever, um, through their own process or, or work or reflection related to that, um, that they've already flipped the reversal the other direction. That's not always what we're not looking to do that. That's not failing if we don't, but it can happen and it can be really powerful when it does. So I invite you to consider like, 
what might it be like to consider that you're never going to get, as my teacher Michelle would say, punked. Like if you get the fool, you're not going to get punked by getting fool reversed. What might be coming up around that could be a whole range of things. It could be that we're ready to leap and it's just not time. It could be that we're trying to get out of something we don't quite know how. It doesn't mean that we're blocked. It just typically means that we're scared. And, you know, how can we tend to that? How can we acknowledge and begin to really integrate in a very tender, radically accepting way that we're never necessarily going to be that comfortable with unknowns? So when it comes to the fool, how can we greet the reversal as like this beautiful bell of reminding and of, of, um, reflection of the opportunity for us to hold ourselves that we can do it hand in hand you know very often like I know for myself I was I mean my childhood experiences were really like being dragged into a lot of shit that I didn't want to do and never really having a parent present who could hold the space for my fears who could let me be afraid it could let me take my time a lot of us didn't have that so we have a chance to repair in ourselves with this card. Now, of course, the full reverse can come up around, again, resistance. It can come up around completions. Like it can come up around all kinds of different things, but it is one of the stronger cards that can present itself as an opportunity to kind of, um, in the rush of the rapids of a major arcana card can present itself as like this sweet, strong, big boulder to kind of um, tuck up with ourselves on and have a conversation before moving further down the river. Um, another card that can show up, and these were just um, five cards that presented themselves as um, potential good anchors and examples, but really you could do it with any of them. Um, another card for this uh, example of a reversal being an invitation back home is two of cups. So um, the cup suit is not about romance. Um, we want to be always very sensitive to the fact that that's a pretty reductive way of looking at the cup suit that, um, if something in a particular suit or an aspect of the tarot is not inclusive of everybody, then it really doesn't include anybody. It's really wise to, to get more, um, uh, to just utilize our critical thinking around that. Not everybody dates, not everybody's interested, not everybody's in the season of their life to be available to that. So, um, the cups being about romance is just again, like, like, um, really oversimplifying a very rich, beautiful suit that really is an invitation to love ourselves. It's deep heart work. Um, and it's powerful. And sometimes other people play into it. Sometimes they don't. Um, but really at the root and the heart, the soul of two of cups, it's an invitation to open our arms and deeply embrace, or at least acknowledge the parts of us that feel really hard to love. And we've all got them and we're not, I'm not, I am not personally about, um, because I think it's not really very helpful, this idea that even if we don't like or appreciate or if we have issues or triggers around aspects of ourselves, personality, body, whatever, that we have to like pretend like we love them, <laughs> you know, that we can start with perhaps just acknowledgement 
I see that this part of my body is here, maybe witnessing, maybe appreciation. I'm grateful for my legs for, for, um, you know, for some folks getting me from place to place for some folks, um, for being there, you know, I'm grateful for this aspect of my being. I'm grateful for this part of my personality that can tend to get very, very bossy. Um, even though I have some shame about the way it shows up in certain spaces, it's amazing in this part of my life, like just starting to sort of make space for things like that. This two of cups is sort of a marriage. It's like, um, not a marriage that's again, pretty reductive, but, um, it's like a ceremony with oneself and ceremony by ceremony. I mean, you don't actually have to like sit and do ceremony, but it is very powerful to have a moment where we look at the things that we don't really, we're not really a big fan of, or maybe we believe our life would be easier, better, different if we didn't have them and just bow to those things. Very powerful to be able to say, maybe it's not true that I need this particular aspect of myself to change, to have this or that. So it's just making space for very, very deep self radical, you know, self acceptance and potentially love if we feel like we can get there, you know, um, Two of Cups reversed um, presents a very strong call to come home for potentially a few different reasons, maybe some of which I won't even speak about because I maybe how it comes forward to you is totally different from sort of the arbitrary examples I'm getting. One of which is that some of us don't even know what we don't know. Some of us are so, um, well, this part of me has to change for me to be worthy, lovable, okay. And sometimes we can get so deep in the belief of that, the two of cups can come up to be like, actually, that's not true. <laughs> you know, you could start with just witnessing, noticing, and then it offers us an opportunity to hold space to our response to that. Because sometimes our response to that can be really strong. We can just think like, no, you know, I hate it. And that's valid. We can really, really not like aspects of myself. And yet today at this moment, it's here. So how can we honor and acknowledge that? What does that look like? Is there grief there? Is there rage there? That's a part of the caretaking too, that can bring us into some really, really strong, um, really powerful, really powerful places. Um, and from there, you know, it can also be that we really want to do this and we just don't know how. We just don't know how. Um, then we might want to do a little bit of a deep dive. Maybe when we want to create our own tarot spread to help us through that using two of cups as an anchor. Like, how can I open to this? What, what card would be useful? What card would help me? What could I bring more of into my life? What doesn't match, doesn't suit me anymore. The other way that this often comes up for me, it's sort of connected to the first two um, examples, is that, again, sometimes I can just get so far down the rabbit hole of believing that something is really wrong with me. And I think we all have that really shared common wounding that um, 
so many teachers, so many people reflect on is like really one of the deepest core wounds we have is like the fear or the belief that there's something wrong with us. Um, and it can really spiral us, um, into spaces where we try to change into spaces where we try to improve and change and improvement is great. Um, it sometimes doesn't have the completely desired effect if we're doing it out of a place of believing that we're broken. So sometimes two of cups is an opportunity to awaken to the pain of a certain part of us that we're not comfortable with including in the whole of our being. Sometimes I know for myself, um, this card reversed has offered me the opportunity to make deep amends to certain parts of myself for really like making them a problem when they're just kind of trying to do their best. And actually from there, I find that the spaciousness for potential evolution, growth, or change is really more possible after that, that kind of acceptance. It can awaken us to when we're just kind of on autopilot just almost like in a trance, not even thinking about our ability or our capacity to connect or to even make contact with these parts of us. Um, so it can provide us with just, uh, again, like an alarm clock, an awakening to be able to say like, hey, you have really been going down the road with believing that you would be better off without this. This part of you is keeping you from this. Um, and two of cups is really a big anchor around if you can begin by really deeply accepting where you are and who you are right now, it's really hard to do, but if you can begin with even acknowledgement, it can create so much more wholeness, so much more integration that if we, and we will, we're always changing and it's beautiful to want to change and beautiful to want to evolve and absolutely acceptable that we can have parts of ourselves that we're just not that big of a fan of. It's in the how that we do it, that this card invites us into just some greater, um, integrity and specificity around. Um, so this can draw us into some big spaces. And, and I think pretty traditionally, this card means like reverse, like a breakup. And it just kind of couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually letting us know, like there are parts of us that are crying out. They want to be folded into the whole. They want to be embraced. They want to be loved. They want to be seen in their hard stuff and their flaws. It's you wanting to be seen. And it's not easy, but it can draw us into some very, very powerful places. Um, it can really be quite an awakening in some pretty big ways. Um, and the uh, next card that we're looking at for this idea is Ace of Swords. Um, so if you've done one of my courses, you'll likely be anticipating my um, example here. So Ace of Swords, um, is so many things. Aces are, you know, again, so powerful and so strange and, um, like such a unique and specific energy in the tarot and kind of hard to understand, even though they seem very clear, it can be hard to embody them. Um, and essentially kind of the cheat sheet explanation to, uh, aces is that we, uh, learn 
what it is to be in co-creation with divine through them. We get an offering from spirit in the form of this soul element, but it's up to us to actually take it and integrate it and do something with it. And that's really where um, the whole suit, the journey of the suit winds up kind of lighting up. So that can be really, really powerful. So with Ace of Swords, um, we're talking about having the experience of working with the mind at its highest potential and capacity. This doesn't mean that we don't have busy, noisy thoughts or um, ego tantrums or brain chemistry. It, It doesn't mean that. It means that we can illuminate the experience and also make room for inspiration, for brilliant thinking, for amazing creation. Like there's so much that can come through us in this way that, um, is so powerful. And when we kind of like take that proverbial sword, um, we have the capacity, the ability to speak, to communicate, to write, to allow and channel all of this beautiful air energy through us. Um, And sometimes Ace of Swords can speak to a brilliant idea, like a genius idea or um, a brilliant idea we've had expanding in that idea. So maybe we've we had an idea for something like for a little while. And then all of a sudden we pull Ace of Swords, do, 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 we're going about our day. And then all of a sudden, like we have a million downloads for that idea and everything kind of clarifies and becomes even more illuminated than it was before. So that's what's possible. Now, if that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean you did Ace of Swords incorrectly. It's just one of the ways that it can come up. So really it means just the most potent form of the mental kind of air-centered energies moving through us in a way that is really just, um, can be very, very, very powerful. Now, when this card is reversed, let's say that your big idea in Ace of Swords is that you want to open up and start a pickle factory. (laughs) Um, you have a passion, you have a desire. It's just like a yes for you. This would probably have been a, this was a better example pre-COVID. But let's say you want to start an online business, you know, whatever it is, um, or a pre-COVID pickle factory. Um, When you get Ace of Swords reversed, that doesn't mean don't do it. It means call in assistance, support, and help to allow you to further support your idea. If you don't know the first thing about running a factory, you're definitely going to want people in there to help you. If you don't know the first thing about paying people in an equitable way, um, maybe becoming a B corporation in your pickle factory, if that's possible, like if that's a desire that you have, calling in the right people to help you do that. Um, To really open, um, it's very typical that the mind and the ego want us to kind of do everything like by ourselves, kind of in a vacuum. And Ace of Swords Reverse says, draw in the support you need to make your vision a reality. And to do that, we often have to draw in really close to ourselves because we can be confronted when this card comes up with feelings of like failure and frustration and like the idea is not coming together. We feel overwhelmed. So very often what can be super useful about this card reversed is just taking it as an opportunity to be like, oh, 
I'm trying to take all of this on. I don't know the first thing about this or that. I don't, I don't know for my online business how to set up this or that. And I feel super overwhelmed. Like it's just kind of not coming together. Okay. Can I make a list? That's also very sword, like to do writing, a uh, kind of delineation organization. Can I make a list? Can I illuminate kind of all the steps that are sort of jumbled in my mind? Um, some that might be step 90, 91, 92, some that might be steps two, three, four, whatever it is. Can I allow those things to be there? And maybe even once they're written out, reorder them. And is it possible to reach out for more support? Is it possible to not do this necessarily all by myself? It would probably be impossible for us to do certain things all by ourselves. How can we move out of the echo chamber of the mind and of the places where we can get down on ourselves really easily and just think, oh, I can't do it, da, 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 and move into a space that can be so rich and so powerful where we actually help to reparent ourselves around problem solving. Like we don't need to do it all by ourselves. And especially if we're feeling like, oh, I'm failing, I can't get it right, I don't know what to do, this isn't working. Maybe it's just a question of being open to a little bit more support and tenderness and care in the form of external folks. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had that experience where I've tried to like take it all on. And then there's a moment that arises that I think, the fuck am I doing? Like there are people who, this is like their job. This is their passion, their brilliance. And I'm, you know, sometimes we don't have those choices, right? We got to empower ourselves to like scrap it or teach ourselves or do what we got to do. But, um, a lot of the time ace of swords can come in and can say, can you really be with yourself? And can you be with the parts of you that feel like you have to do everything by yourself or that, um, feel like you need to do it all immediately? Like, you know, and if there are any areas that feel like you're getting stuck or caught, is it just possible to invite in a little bit more support to help to assist you through that? And from there, that will bring you home to yourself because it allows us to pivot what can feel like frustration, failure, giving up to a space of constructive problem solving. And if we're having some really hard feels about failing, it can allow us to really tend to ourselves in those moments, which is, you know, incredibly valuable. Um, another example is the sun. So the sun comes after we've moved through the moon card and, um, typically, uh, it's not a card of joy, but the sun is so many things. Um, it's cultivating the ability within us to be seen in our brilliance. It is cultivating within us the opportunity or the ability to see others in their brilliance. Um, it's a kind of a gentle rebirth of the self and, and kind of a time when answers that were previously unclear to us can become illuminated, can become clear. It's literally like the sun dawning after a very long night. Um, and the moon is that night typically, and is a time where we're kind of meant to rest in the unknown and be kind of okay with that. Um, and when the sun comes up, it's sort of beginning our work with the last three cards of the major arcana. We sort of awaken, we're willing to see and be seen. We're kind of rebirthed. Answers begin to become clear in the sun. 
then the blindfold really comes off to justice or in judgment rather, um, which is the card that comes after the sun where we really start to see beyond our own experience, what generationally, systemically, collectively, are we just totally waking up from in terms of, um, you know, illusion or delusion or, or old story or whatever. Um, what are we being awakened to? And then the fool or geez, the world allows us to kind of close that cycle to learn those lessons and leap into something new with the wisdom we've gained. So it's important to recognize the importance of sun reversed partially because of what comes before the sun. So we move through all of line two of the majors, which is no joke. It's very intense. It's a big cocoon underworld line. It's very uncomfortable. We finally burst out of it in death and totally rebirth in temperance. And then all of a sudden we're into line three and we're in the devil. And then we're in the tower and then we're in the star and then we're in the moon. This is like, it's work. It's, it's major major soul work. Huge. So by the time we get to the sun, there's a sense of, there's a breath here. There's a moment here. There's, there's, there's some light, there's some space, there are some answers, there's some clarity. There's a moment to kind of like connect to that joy in the midst of this. Like how do, you know, how do we do that? Right. Um, without decoupling from our work. So when we get the sun reversed, very often it indicates that there's a part of us that's like, I don't trust this. I do not trust this. I do not trust that I am out of all of these line three cards. I feel really uncomfortable, hypervigilant, kind of scared. I have like, I'm, I'm in shock. I don't want to come out of like my moon cave because I'm frightened. I don't want to do that. You know, um, we can have also feelings like it hasn't been safe for me to be seen my whole life. Why all of a sudden am I being invited to step up and shine and share my work? Why now? You know, um, we can see someone else and think, oh my God, I, can't believe I did that. That was so vulnerable of me. I shouldn't have been so, um, such a, um, reflector of this person's beauty, whatever it is. So that is a huge moment to like crawl into that little moon cave and sit with yourself and talk to yourself and, and tell yourself, you understand, tell yourself, you know, how hard it's been, that it has been super scary but that the sun does set and it rises again every day, but it's not going anywhere right now, that it's safe to come out. It's safe to enjoy it even for a few minutes. And then if you want to go back in, that's okay. But just being so, so patient, soft, gentle with yourself, um, illuminating the places where there may be very clear invitations into joy, into delight, into, uh, you know, whatever. And we're just like, I'm not, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> like, I don't even know what this is. Um, the sun card can be hard for folks who've had really hard lives, actually. Um, even like understanding it 
it can just be really hard to wrap our minds around. Um, so we just want to be really respectful of that. And that's something that we can do with this card when it comes up reversed. It's something we have an opportunity to do. And the more we do that work, the more that we become comfortable with excitement. Because very often my teacher, Michelle, is talks to me about this all the time. Like our inner children are afraid to get their hopes up. We can be afraid to get our hopes up. We don't often know what to do with excitement. It feels very threatening. We don't want to be hurt. Often like it's one experience of getting excited and then being like having that dashed um, that can create so much fear around particular things and, you know, these moments of joy. And it's a powerful opportunity to explore that and to, to take potentially yourself or your inner child by the hand and say, we don't, we don't have to let that stop us from the sun shining on our face in this moment. How could we be more available to that? You know, what, what, what might help you? How, how might you feel a little safer? Right. Um, and then the last card that we, uh, in a similar fashion, the last card to just touch upon is Queen of Wands. And I really wanted to talk about this one because I think that it illuminates and offers us the opportunity to do work on an area where we can have some really deep reserves of pain. You know, Queen of Wands is, it's really the magic maker, the witch of the deck. Um, this um, kind of cauldron-like energy that can live that, that does live within all of us and is expressed differently within all of us. We tend to have this like idea of how queen of wands people are, but it's really like, it's just you, you know, like how you are as queen of wands when you're in that energy. Um, but it's an invitation to tether and work with and rejoice in and celebrate in to touch into our own innate magic our own intuitive capacity, our own um, connections with divine that are our birthright. And when we get this card reversed, it often is an illumination, is a heads up that we feel like we don't have access to those places. And it can come up in a million different ways. Sometimes we can have, I mean, the trauma and the wounding around this is so deep. Some folks um, feel that disconnection to their blood ancestry, either because they were taken from their ancestral homeland or because they were adopted and they don't know where um, necessarily their blood lineage is rooted in. Um, there can be a sense like we have a separation, that it can be really, really hard to connect to an aspect of what feels like it's our magic and our birthright because we literally don't at this moment have access to the information and maybe we won't ever that can be an opportunity to let yourself feel that pain, this reversal, to remember that whether you know where your ancestors came from, um, and it's in no way a negation to that incredibly deep wounding and profound injustice, um, you can talk to them anytime. You can open to them anytime. They're yours. You don't need a gatekeeper. You don't need anything to connect with them, to just say, hello, they're waiting for you. They want to connect with you. You know, sometimes if ancestors don't feel like safe or whatever, we can connect with, um, the energy 
of our ancestral homeland, if we have a sense of that, um, we can open to the energy of what is supporting us, that invisible support. Um, it's not, uh, like meant to necessarily, we're not trying to take anything away. It's just remembering our empowerment, even if we don't have all the information. Even those of us who do have all the information sometimes don't have access to that. So remembering that we can just talk to them is really powerful, that we don't need to go through any processes to do that. And just say hello, you know. Um, it can also come up like, I'm not a real intuitive. I can't do this. I'm not magic. I'm not magic enough. I'm not intuitive enough. I'm not cool enough, quote unquote. I'm not this enough or that enough. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I can't do, you know, whatever it is, is a huge part of Queen of Wands reversed. And we want to take that part of ourselves by the hand, scoop them up and talk to them from the viewpoint of your wise inner self Intuition is our birthright. Magic is our birthright. Nobody needs to approve of, gatekeep, give us the seal, tell us to go for us to rejoice and play and practice and just be where we are with our intuition, with um, our witchcraft, quote unquote, if that word resonates with you, which are with our practices, with our magic, we can just be. And this wound, this isn't for me, this is for other people, is part of the witch wound, period. So if you're moving through that, it's proof <laughs> that you're of this path. And, you know, we're all healing this in our own way. You have everything you need to step into this path. You're on the path. So how can you begin to come home to yourself in those moments when you don't feel that way? How can you let those feelings be there? Honor those wounds. It's a sad, tough place to be. Those feelings don't need to go away. You know, how it's expressed through you might be really different from the next person. You know, maybe there's a desire to really be seen and accepted for some aspect of your intuitive medicine or magic. And today, in the way that you're so desiring, you're not. That deserves to be acknowledged, that pain. It's really, really, really hurtful and painful to not be witnessed. That's really hard. Can you just honor that in yourself rather than potentially getting bitter, resentful? Um, maybe there's, you know, it could go on and on. We really just want to show up to what, where the wound is, where the hurt spot is and offer it our tenderness and our love. That's all we want to do is just love it up. Just love on it. Get curious. Listen to it. You know, um, come into spaces of compassion and tenderness. Um, speak directly to those stories from the mind and the ego in whatever way suits us best. And, and you know, maybe affirm like, no, this isn't my truth or Yes, this is something that belongs to me. Um, when we view reversals and, and check in on them as an invitation to consider like what we're being invited to come back home to, what in the present moment within us is calling out for us, if we are able to come back to that, it can be, I mean, there's no word to ultimately describe it. 
it can be a rewilding, an expansion, an evolution, a transformation, a reparenting, a total movement through a life-death-life cycle, sometimes in a day. Um, It can shift things in a heartbeat. And not necessarily that we, quote, feel different. But just by doing so, just by witnessing and acknowledging, we've already planted the seed of possibility of new growth. And every time a reversal comes up like that, um, it, it's a beautiful opportunity. If a reversal comes up to just do a quick check-in with yourself, oh, is there something I'm being invited to come home to right now? Is there a wound? Is there a belief? Is there a tough spot? Is there like overly pressuring myself? You know, what might be coming up around here for me to offer some love to, some tending, some nurturance? Um, And how can I greet that as best as I can today, like right now? So hopefully this helps to further enrich and deepen your practice and your process of befriending reversals. Um, I really invite you to play, yes, play <laughs> with this idea. Um, you know, what what, and how does this make a difference for you when you consider a reversal? You know, we can check in, am I resistant anywhere? Maybe not. Um, am I being invited to come home to something? Most likely, yes. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong It just means that it's an opportunity to check in with yourself and to go a little deeper. And it's one of the very many ways that reversals show up in such brilliance that we really haven't given them credit for for a really long time. Um, And just by doing that, we open up to a whole world of medicine that's really right in front of us. And all we need to do is consider what it might be offering instead of judging it or believing that there's something wrong with it. So thank you so much for listening, Wild Souls. I love all of you. Thank you. Next week, we will complete our three-part journey through reversals. We'll cover the last and final, well, it's not technically the last and final, but it is um, the final one we'll be covering, um, a potential category that we can consider reversals in that can really help us to um, just be open to how they may be coming forward, the medicine they may be bringing. And then the week after that, we'll have um, November monthly medicine, which is insane (laughs) that we're in November. Um, Loving all of you. um, Sending my love, new moon blessings. Until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.